that's how the world is arranged. It's no secret if you go back into the old history books and read all of the, the people involved in the setting up of the League of Nations, which eventually transformed into the United Nations, read what they had to say, and read too about what the problems that they foresaw would be, and the ways to overcome those problems, and some of them even suggested having another world war after World War I. They called World War I the Great War, the Great War, and eventually renamed it World War I. I'll be back with more on this particular topic after these messages. Those already ruling. 
and the rich men of the world, those who already owned the commerce and the means of production of the world. And that in itself is quite a story because we take so much for granted. We don't think, very few people think through any particular thing that exists in their lifetime when you're born into it. For instance, someone somewhere at some time had to say, we're going to make gold the most precious item there is. And it would be the ones, of course, who had discovered this and the ones who already knew where to mine it. But it also meant they had power or would gain power uh, by introducing it into society, having it replace barter and then running the country because the third man or the middleman always ends up running the other two, the two who are bartering. And even with diamonds, who decided that diamonds were precious? Why is it precious? There's lots of other stones out there. But they actually give it a particular currency or financial value. Outside of industry, really, it's only used for show, but the show was often worn around ladies during weddings and so on of big, powerful families. And supposedly, they could buy and sell countries with some of these jewels. And in essence, they still do. They buy and sell countries because it's the same boys who run the commerce, who run uh, the particular diamond industry. And the history of Africa has been one of incredible exploitation that's still ongoing because uh, the royalty of Britain uh, let uh, Mr. Cecil Rhodes take over South Africa at one point. He created Rhodesia, start a war with the, the Boers there. No idea this movement out of Oxford, England, was to take over the world's wealth and resources. That has never stopped. And the Africans have been exploited ever since for their wealth and their minerals. But they don't get much in return for this wealth. Stuff that goes on auction at Sotheby's and other places, big rocks as they're called, have been bought really uh, with incredible lives because revolutions are often funded by the big diamond and gold companies so the companies can get in there and do the digging. After all, the people there who are living on the surface are not using the land. That's what the, the big companies will tell you to justify their actions. And this is called regular trade practice, the hiring of mercenaries, fomenting revolutions, putting in your own puppet men, and giving him a cut of the loot while you enslave the public to work for them. We don't live in a nice world. This is not a nice place to be. It's a place where something that's called greed or avarice seems to be running the whole show. Now, what is greed? Uh, ask a person what greed is, and a greedy person will never say it's greed. You know, try and rationalize it. But outside your natural wants, then really anything on surplus is, is really greed. Yet this system is called a natural system because it exists while we're born. We adapt into it. We're trained to work within it. And we're trained as well that anyone can get to the top in this system. And that's impossible since there's only one chair at the top for every particular department that you fancy going into. That means there's a lot of people at the bottom don't even get over the first level of bricks. So it's, a, it's an 
it's not a humane system, it's an aberrant system. An aberrant system created obviously by aberrant people an awful long time ago. And that is what some people today have concluded who have written about psychopathy. The psychopath is technically the same as everyone else physically, but there's an anomaly within their brain or their mind somewhere. They have no conscience, but they do like to acquire. And often they acquire simply for power's sake. Power itself is a drug to them. And having power over others is very important to them. Therefore, it's only natural in a system that encourages success, which means you have more of the paper or the gold or the diamonds or whatever the currency is than anyone else, then you're very successful. Even at the expense of everyone else, then you're classified as successful. That's a deviant system because having overabundance, the stuff you could never, money or wealth of any kind, you could never use in your own lifetime or even pass on to a family, uh, you could pass on to thousands of families, that there's something aberrant about that need to have that much. They accrue and accrue and accrue. So naturally, they, they are the power structure in this system because this entire system is theirs. The commercialized system, the Pavlovian work for your reward system is theirs. They run the world's commerce. They run the stock exchanges. Not too many of them have to get into the stock exchange every day, and they do. The same ones over and over, and they'll put 20 to $40 billion in each and make incredible sums of money on interest as the money is flipped across the globe. When banks close for the night, other ones open in other countries. They decide which countries will be lifted up or maintained or which ones will fall. Not too many people. And we are taught to believe this is all quite natural. No one truly, even the economists, can completely explain, explain how the, the stock exchange works. They can't do it. Years ago on the BBC, there was a documentary on the fallacies of economics. And some of them called it the myths of economics. And a few people, a few professors who'd left the whole school of economics were discussing its bogusness. It was completely fake. It was more of a theoretical religion than any actual science. And that's true enough. It's not meant to be understood by the general public. It's meant to sound so incredibly complicated that we better leave it to the experts who happen to have the longest teeth, because they're the wolves. That's how simple it is to run this kind of system. And those families, those extremely rich, rich people, run whole countries through the institutions of those countries. But institutions, remember, become part of your culture. They do create policies things that you think or you take for granted, even the big banking institutions, they, they will say that it's something that society needs to be fill a function and a service, but it's more than just a private business. It's a supposed societal necessity. 
but they all work for the same people, really, those who own the system. And you have the very, very, very old families that, especially in the U.S., who came over from Europe and in England, and they're still running the country today. Meanwhile, the same people give us the fake system to believe in, which is some big concept called democracy, where you're allowed to vote for people. That's the only right you have under a democracy, is a right to vote. You don't have the right to demand that you kick out politicians when they fail to come up with all their promises. That's never been done, never will be done, because the whole thing is a fraud. I'll be back with more after the following messages. IBM, 
is just HAL as well, H-E-L, and Bletcher behind it. Right, but their plan is that they're going to win, so why is it that the man gets to be God? Well, they are gods as far as you're concerned at the top. They are gods as far as you're concerned. They've always believed that mm-hmm. in the higher religions. And people who can read any of the, even the, the standard orthodox religions, if they can understand and they have a background in the histories of them, they will see that. It's, it's written, it's carefully hidden within them all for the small few. I'm just curious why it's the reverse understand. in the movie. Why would they let the man conquer the computer? Well, the man has not conquered the computer. I mean, which man are you talking about? The guy in the movie. He defeats Hal, he kills him. And becomes oh, yeah. God. But they're yeah. going to win. They're going to be gods. We lose. So yeah. why did they let that happen in the movie? It will happen in the movie if you want, if you allow yourself to go into a digitalized, computerized matrix, which is coming, is the interfacing. So once you get into that interface, you're not in charge of the programs or the language or anything else in that computer. Uh, the whole th- trick is not to allow yourself to be enticed into it because the road to hell is very enticing. And it will be made very enticing to interface with computers and be in a virtual <clears throat> reality. So don't go into it. That's the warning right now. Those who do are gone. Interesting. Um, I have a friend that used to be the, the mayor of a major city. Does that mean that he could be in the dark about any of this? And if so, would he help anybody if he knew? Or is he definitely Masonically connected? He would be Masonically connected, and okay. he would do. He would follow orders. Uh, the, 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 again, Even if, if he it, knew the whole agenda? I doubt he'd know the whole agenda at a mayor's level. So, I mean, if you were awakened to that fact, do you think he would do anything to help people, or would he break his orders? Uh, he, he would... So he would stick by his own particular clique. Uh, they always do. It's the old school tie and all the rest of it. Uh, they stick by their own particular clique or lodge. I mean, guys have always joined um, uh, these these particular groups down through history, always for their own purposes of basically benefiting themselves. Uh, he will stand by himself and what uh, suits him and rewards him uh, rather than the society, I would I would presume. Yeah, that's what I was scared of. Where, yep. uh, where can I go to get these UN documents? Because um, I need something to concrete so that I can show people so I can get my family the hell out of here. You'll have to go into, well, even even start off with the Earth Charter. Just start off with the Earth Charter. Okay, where do you get that? You can get that on the Internet there. Uh, Earth it's, um, it's the UN Earth Charter. Now, Maurice Strong was the front man that was put forward. Uh, he's a Rockefeller boy, and he was put forward to give it to the public, uh, the Rockefellers drafted it up. And the Rockefellers are amongst the biggest bankers on the planet. And here they are telling you about this wonderful new society they're going to bring in and uh, how they're going to do it and how we're one big global village, etc., etc. And so the trick of the wolf has always been to be con- to convince the sheep that their, their interests lay in the same direction. And it starts off with the standard thing, but read right through it, and you'll see the little bits about politics there, about populations. You don't quite say control, say bringing under acceptable limits and all this kind of stuff. Okay, so and look, just look at the whole evolution thing, too. You keep saying evolution because that's the religion as well. Okay, uh, so if you just Google Earth Charter, you're going to find it. You bring it up, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for calling. I'll be back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Again, inhumane business 
is where I believe J.P. Morgan, who helped uh, uh, lend loan monies to the banks in the South, you know, for the cotton and the cotton gin and things of that nature. But he also got his money from the Rothschilds for the Bank of England. Am I correct? Or am I a little bit off? Yeah, yeah, he did. They were all connected together, these bankers, even Kuhn Loeb and company, uh, that were also involved with the Civil War, uh, like the, the, the Jacob Shift, and all these boys were involved with it. And, uh, in fact, I think the Kuhn Loeb guys were, were, even ran the uniform service and had one dyed blue mm-hmm. and the other one grey. I mean, these guys ran both sides of everything. <laughs> but, but you're quite right, all, all wars are economic, but they're to create social change, like Quigley said, it creates social change. Right. And what you had was almost a, an industrialized north uh, and a corporate takeover taking over the south. Right, right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and, 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 and I was saying to you is that if you go back and another, again, went back to the Mayflower Society or the, or the first pastors that came on Plymouth Rock, and that's interesting, uh, they called it Plymouth Rock. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that when you go back and you look at the 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 the, uh, the descendants from the uh, Mayflower, you will see that they have actors, writers, presidents, major lawyers, senators from their genealogy. And again, I was playing, explaining to some people that it's all about eugenics. That's why I said when you vote. Oh, and by the way, I have officially of 2008 will never ever vote for my life because it's crap. Okay, it's all crap. It's a facade. It's to make people think they're doing uh, changes. But as as a DVD I have from Aldous Huxley, he says, if you give people enough bread and wine and circus, then you can put any kind of propaganda you want on the TV, and they'll go just like train rats. They'll just go right along with the program. Absolutely. Absolutely. We we live on promises, and they don't even have to fulfill them anymore. And we never learn. They never fulfill them, but we never learn to support the next bunch in. Right. And it's a circus. It truly is a circus with yeah. balloons and, and funny faces and hats, and, and that's what the public um, go for. It's, it's quite astounding. And, it, and it's a distraction because if the public realized that you're under a totalitarian system with very old families, as you say, uh, these old families were, were from, from the... I always wonder why specifically they mentioned the Mayflower, Mm-hmm. into the histories of it and just who exactly these people were. And they were not poor little people at all. No. They were rather wealthy people, very old families even already when they came over, mm-hmm. and specific breeding and all the rest of it. And they still run uh, the U.S. today, so you're quite right on that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and then one other thing, and I'm going to get off, but uh, I want to I wanna leave you for a quote from Hillary, or I should say Hillary. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, she said... In a, in a public speech not too long, I believe in California, he said, are you ready for your blue-collar green jobs? I'm going to hang up, and I'm going to let you uh, yeah. uh, elaborate on that. Yeah, and, and I've seen people take up from it from there, other, other people, politicians and so on, and talking about the creation of green-collar jobs uh, to replace the old blue-collar jobs. And in a sense, too, remember what a collar is. In its true form, a collar is something that binds you by the neck. We should remember, see, there's a lot of esoteric wording that we use every day in the exoteric form, but we don't realize what it comes from. But we have collars, and you're collared. When you're collared, you're caught. And people were caught in their jobs, the blue-collar workers. They were tied to their machines, you might say. 
Now, it's the green-collar jobs. You'll be tied to Mother Earth, this whole world agenda, where you serve the ecology as well as the economy. And that's what's all part of it. It's the little coding. Plus, green, even from ancient times, uh, was always the secret color of this particular group. It was also the secret color of uh, the Communist Party, their sacred color, not just the red one for revolution. It was green. So uh, this is the old nature worship, religion type thing, and the belief that those who are the top predators have the right to rule the lessers on the planet. That's what Darwinism was all about. It's a very old religion. Darwin was just part of, and they were exposing it under a scientific term or terminology. Now we've got Rick from California. Are you there, Rick? Oh, yes. Uh, hi, Alan. How are you doing? Not so bad. I um, I just wanted to make an observation. Um, if I feel, pardon me for my jittery voice, I was, uh, you know, I have I caught in a form of, altru- um, a form of uh, what do you call it, um, uh, autism from the shots and everything. But I noticed that the, the I just want to make an observation that the, that some of the callers who call into the show who say it's the blacks and the Jews or, or the ones who want to argue with you about Christianity, that they're very self-confident and very eloquent in, in the way they speak. It's almost like they're spring-loaded and they've got an agenda, like they're working for somebody. Oh, they do have an agenda. They yeah. do have an agenda, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I, I'm always intrigued by how governments run, again, the people by creating divisions and saying, look, you can't handle yourselves. We must rule over you and create these laws to handle all of you because of these different factions. But when you go into the particular groups that create the dissensions, you'll find that they generally work for the government in some capacity or another as some kind of operative. That's standard procedure. I don't think people know, for instance, that Ern Zundel, that came to Canada as a landed immigrant mm-hmm. and who single-handedly brought in the hate laws. The the hate laws would never have been passed in Canada if it hadn't been for Zundel, who shot to fame over the course of a year or two right up the Supreme Court of Canada over his um, supposed questioning of the Holocaust. Now, I I thought, no, he was a landed immigrant, and under the Canadian laws, they wouldn't even have had to have put him in a regular court, never mind put him through that, and the, the federal courts as well, the Supreme Court of Canada, that was to give the man publicity. So you need the cause to get the effect. And he came across, his right-hand man was Grant Bristow. Grant Bristow supposedly was a security guard who had lots of money, who gave out the private telephone numbers of very wealthy Jewish people in Toronto and told the skinheads to go and phone them up and harass them. Mm. And so therefore you've got the Jewish people complaining about these skinheads and racists Grant Brislow was exposed in the Toronto Sun as being a thesis operative. He worked for the Canadian CIA. Wow. He was he was also Jewish. Wow. That was the right hand man of Aaron Zundel. Yeah, these some of these callers sound very professional, like when they you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And now I wanted to ask you um something kind of what I brought up last week. Um you know, I know that the PEPFAR, the AIDS thing in Uganda that the president is doing is I know, I know that it's, um, you know, probably uh, a front, you know, and I don't believe the propaganda. But I guess my question is, when you see so much propaganda for it and very little balance, I mean, how do you fight something like that without something, without fact, uh, or without, you know, evidence, or where do you get evidence to, you know, ammunition to expose it? I guess is what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Which actual part of it, though, do? Oh, well, um, you know, uh, PEPFAR is, you know, like the the, the, the anti-retroviral treatment program in Uganda yeah. that the president's accelerating. Yeah, yeah well, we do know that um, the drugs that they got figured out under the United Nations that's got a nice history of depopulating already with its free tetanus shots that they sterilize a lot of women with uh, were the ones who advocated this. And personally, I wouldn't trust the UN with anything. Yeah. Um, however... Uh, the drugs they're giving, uh, the ones in Africa, and we're all paying for over here to send them over, are drugs they won't even give to your cancer patients. Uh, that's how they, what these drugs were initially designed for, but they were so toxic, uh, they killed the people off quicker. So that's just what's what's getting shipped over to Africa. Wow, oh, yeah, cause, see, I'm, I'm, I'm helping a journalist, an independent journalist, you know, like with websites and documentation to, to help, you know, for him to help him write his papers about he's writing about you got about the Congo how they killed 10 million in the last 10 years yeah the US and Israel and England and Russia and all that oh yeah because again there's, there's, there's diamonds and everything in there and there's big big business yeah. yeah yeah and also I wanted to bring up that a lot of the violence in Kenya um, it turns out there was an agenda behind it there's it's actually being orchestrated and there's even I even read some plans somebody forwarded me some plans yeah, people don't realize that, I mean, that Europe, uh, the European countries were involved in Africa for hundreds of years. They haven't stopped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they went there to, to get all, all of the goodies out of Africa, and they're still doing it because there's so much uh, wealth and minerals and diamonds and gold in Africa still to be gotten. I mean, that the world's chromium supply came th from there for, you know, 50-odd years. Um, so it's incredibly wealthy, but unfortunately to the, for the big boys, there's, there's, there's Africans living on it. <laughs> yeah, I also want to make, I, I feel, um, I have a suspicion that they want to get rid of Africans because they have some knowledge um, in their tribal, um, you know, in their, in their uh, traditions, they have some knowledge of ancient history of advanced civilizations in the past. No, what they, what they had was the ability to be independent, all independent peoples, and they call them primitive religions at the top. Oh, yeah. Or arrested civilizations. Arrested civilizations are those who have made all the tools they need. They don't go into sciences and create bigger and better and newer. Uh, they're called arrested civilizations. They were slated to be to go extinct back in the 1700s when the first major economists that worked for the British government wrote their, their different essays on them. And uh, John Stuart Mill came out with a list of peoples that would have to either adapt or mimic the white man, he called it mimicking, meaning work the same way, or they'd have to perish because they would bring down the superior uh, society if they're allowed to continue. This is a eugenics program of, of extinction, extermination. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, before I hang up, I just want to say that I'm reading Plato's Republic right now, and it, it's great. I mean, it, it has it has everything in there. It's just like you're talking about. He even yeah. talks about how the, the person who who knows how to stop disease can secretly introduce it as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, it shows you how much they already understood all that time ago. Yeah. About society, how to control them. Uh, you, you'll see the elitism there with the aristocracy. He was one of them himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he, uh, he was quite blunt about their right to rule the lesser peoples and breed them for specific tasks, the commoners they called it. Well, thank you very much, Alan. I, I appreciate it. Well, thanks for calling. All right. Have a nice day. Hey, you too. Yeah, those civilizations that are completely independent were to be eradicated 
and, and, and our sense, you see, it's a, it's a, it, it's it's almost the only opposition that the elite ever had were people who were completely independent from their system and didn't need their money, didn't need their factories to give them uh, steel axes and so on. They could make whatever they needed, and that's anathema to them. They they can't have that. This world has to have everyone interdependent, which really means completely dependent on your masters who own uh, the means of production, as they call it themselves, uh, the ones who have all the wealth and own all the things we supposedly need. That's the sad truth of it. And they were very open about it from the days of Malthus, Thomas Malthus onwards, that these particular societies, including the American Indian, uh, that could not adapt into an 85 or whatever uh, length of job he had, and into commerce, buying and selling, punctuality, all of those things, then they would not be allowed to come through. This is very akin to Hinduism. In fact, most of this inner religion goes back to Hinduism, the higher esoteric understanding of, of what some people call higher Freemasonry. It's really, Hindu, it's really a form of Hinduism because they talk about ages too. You find ages even in the Old Testament, the book of Job, where they talk about all the, the ages, and it talks about the different constellations moving on their travels and dominating and so on. And so they always use the stars to explain their agenda. And, uh, and you'll find that there's nothing new under the sun, as they say. They use these ages. The Hindus talked about uh, the waves. They called it waves, how we ripple through waves of time. And at the end of the, the, the final last ripple before it starts again, uh, people, everything perishes except those who are fittest to come through. All inferiors must perish by law. They can't come through. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Untouchable, you see. 
As I say, the rich men of the world have the laws written to suit themselves to make sure they're always kept in the clear. They can't be brought in because they simply have laws passed that allows them to do the kinds of things that they do. It's no different than the terrorist bill or the anti-terrorist bill or whatever they want to call it. Uh, you, you find that Bush and all the rest of them had laws made that gives them the right to do what they're doing. That's how simple it is when you when you front for the big money boys. You make laws to suit yourself so that it keeps you in the clear so you're never really breaking a law. You can't break a law when you, you've already set it up that you can't break it. You give yourself permission to do that which, you, which would have once have been illegal at one time. It's very, very simple. Now, these same characters want to bring in their wonderful interdependent society where we all take on the color green and walk around with flowers in our hair, I guess. And meanwhile, they'll control us through all these massive bureaucracies and various enforcement agencies and sterilizers and all the rest of it because that's on the agenda. They'll go for your children first. Although I noticed in Australia, interestingly, they brought a gadget out there where they can put a chip or basically plug the man's deference where the sperm comes up in the mail. You can plug it and set it off or on remotely to work to block the sperm. Now, Australia is hardly overpopulated, and I'm sure they're wondering why so much money is going into that kind of research in Australia. Well, you see, China is going to be the dominant nation in that whole area or region, as they call it. That was decided long ago on, with the Institute for Pacific Studies, which is a branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. When they set up the trading blocks, Australia is going under the dominant one, which is China. China is the model state for the United Nations. They already have their great depopulation program, one child per family, and that's to be a role model for the world. But those in its immediate vicinity, which have to come under their, their jurisdiction, will follow suit. And that's why Australia is leading the charge for this uh, depopulation idea. That's why also they brought on out the one last week to do with it's a sin to have more than one child in Australia. It's a curse on the environment, etc. It's all connected because Australia and New Zealand go under China eventually. Now from Hamish myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean your God, all your gods go with you. <laughs> 